0: White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 644. The White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast is brought to you by people like you, our Patreon.com family. To join the ranks and help us keep the show going, visit www.b5review.com. That's www.b5review.com and click on the button to become a patron.
1: It's the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. Reviewing the entire Babylon 5 series, plus Crusade and everything else. Now here are your hosts, Van Allen Plexico and Andy Fix.
0: We're back, we're back. Oh man, we've got a big one tonight. It is the... White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. I am your host Van Allen Plexico and I'm joined as always by my co-host Andy Fix. Andy, how you doing?
1: I am I am recovering, Van. I, I had another bout with COVID, but I am excited to be talking Babylon 5. It's always a highlight of my week.
0: Well, I'm excited to be talking to you at all then then because that's not fun. I had it <laughs> twice. But think about this, between the two of us we've had it 5 times. That's right. Cool. <laughs>
1: that's that's not something to shoot
0: for though no no well i said off the air that we're we're comic guys so we're trying to get all the variants <laughs> all the variant editions
1: <laughs> gotta collect them all
0: yeah I'm, I'm aiming to get the foil embossed one next the foil embossed COVID. that's the one i'm thinking is going to be the big winner comes with a poster in a plastic bag that's the right, one i want right. oh man and the poster says "104 fever" on it because that's what I had the first time. <laughs> first time I had it, 104 fever. Second time, 103.5. So I guess this time it'll be 103 because there'll definitely be another time, I'm sure. Well, anyway, <laughs> COVID aside, um, we have a big episode tonight. We we've thought about it. We've changed our mind a few times as reality has presented itself, and we have decided to cover. War Without End parts one and two together just because... Well, go ahead. It was your idea, Andy. To, you, you're the one that kind of decided this is what we needed to do. So tell the folks.
1: Well, after my first watch through of both episodes back to back, it wouldn't be fair to do all the categories and all the analysis of one and then the other because you're only getting half the story. I mean, it's literally a story cut in half. Yeah. So I, I thought it would be... Uh, the fans would be better served, the listeners would be better served, and uh, the show itself would, would get what it better deserves if we just addressed it as one single episode.
0: Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to treat it like it's just one two-hour episode and, and go through it in one shot.
1: That doesn't mean we're going to short shrift the fans because got, I've got plenty of, of – uh, of answers for each category. So I'm going to cheat and double up on a few of them.
0: (laughs) Uh, We've done that almost from the beginning. That's no problem. (laughs) I've I've never enforced a hard and fast rule that we have to have one thing per thing. That's perfectly fine. Um, So, uh, as we get into it here, I'm going to go ahead and do this up front and then at the end we'll uh, we'll see if there's any comments and stuff. But I just want to remind folks, we do not have ads on this show. This is a Babylon 5 review show with no ads. All it is is Andy and me talking about Babylon 5. And um, But in order to do that, we need you to support the show. So go to www.b5review.com, right? www.b5review.com and click on the button to become a patron. Or you can just go to patreon.com and look for White Rocket Reviews because we're doing Babylon 5 now, but eventually we'll do other kind of reviews. And occasionally we've we've done Foundation, right? We did Dune, and we'll probably do the second Dune movie and whatever else. So we review other things. Um, And so just go to White Rocket Reviews on Patreon. And sign up and support the show. And we thank everybody who, uh, who does that. And I'm going to thank them now, because we actually have a new one, I believe. So we have to thank, in, uh, in order of how high-ranking they are on the, in the council or on the station, we have to thank the great Allison Rich, who always has fascinating things to talk to us about, Colonel Dad, E.J. Alexander, Leah G., Lisa of the Bene Gesserit, <laughs> Dragon Con oh. Welcome aboard, Dragon Con Uh Emmanuel Seaman, uh, Mondio6. There's probably something I'm suppo- some way I'm supposed to pronounce that, and I apologize if I'm getting it wrong. There may be a comment. Michael O'Connor, Stu Parker, Heather and Yancey Steingraber, Ice Cream Clone with a Boba Fett head, and of course, MF Zaha and Michael Halbrook. All of you folks are so so appreciated. We just can't thank you enough. Those are our great patrons, Andy. And now, let's, uh, I say without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, get into the episodes. Uh, is there anything that you need to say, any announcements that you have before we get going, other than that you are—you have lived through yet another bout of COVID? Thank goodness.
1: No, i am I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to talk about this.
0: Let's do it. Man, we've got, this is, I mean, you know, again, season three, You get to a certain point, and it's just bang, 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 coming at you. And this certainly is all right. So, um, we are covering tonight episode three sixteen, War Without in part one, and three seventeen, War Without in part two. As always, I will ask Andy: Would you like to kick off? Would you like to receive or defer to the second half for the? I will defer this one. I, I,
1: I, I want. I want you to go.
0: All right. All right, that's fine. Because, so,
1: because this this is so overly
0: complex,
1: it hurts my brain.
0: Ah, but see, I always cheat. I always use the lurkers guide description, so it won't. It's it's like not even much of a sentence. Um, the 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 War Without in Part One uh, synopsis is Ambassador Sinclair returns to pull Babylon Four through time, and then the Part Two uh, synopsis is the same thing. <laughs> I just clicked through it. I'm like, it's the same thing. All right. Well, let me do one off the top of my head this morning. So I would summarize this one as um, the, the folks on Babylon 5 discovered that there's weird tachyon things going on in Sector 14 again, which we haven't seen since Babylon Squared. This is effectively a two part sequel to Babylon Squared at the end of the first season, and it involves the return of Babylon 4, and it answers all of our questions about Babylon 4 and the questions we had lingering from Babylon Squared with regard to Babylon 4, and it most importantly, I would say, gives us closure to the story of one Jeffrey Sinclair, more or less. Is that fair? That is very fair. All right. All right, so this is production 316 and 317. Um, The original air week for part one was May 13th, 1996, and for part two, thankfully, was May 20th. Imagine if you had to wait more than like a week for part two of this thing. (laughs) I'd be going crazy. Uh, Written, of course, by JMS, as all these are. Directed by uh, part... Let me see if part... Yeah, they were both directed by Mike Vehar, Vijar, or Vehar. Yep. I like to call him Mike Vejer because that reminds me of Vijar in Star Trek, the motion picture and has a nice <laughs> science fiction connection, but I'm sure it's Vehar and I'm just butchering it. Um, obviously, the notable guest stars, Michael O'Hare, returns as Ambassador Jeffrey Sinclair. And let me just pause right here. I want to get your take on this. It was so awesome to have Jeff back in any capacity.
1: It was. It was. It was super cool. Um, I, I, I have, you know, I was a Michael O'Hara fan even back then, yes. and it was cool to see him back back then. And now that we've gotten a, that, I've gotten a, a better appreciation of it, of him as an actor. Yeah, I thought it was neat to see him back, and even you could tell a little bit that I mean, he was dealing with his health issues. You know, while this was being filmed, uh, he even touched on that in an interview, mm. um, and so you could tell it was affecting him a little bit. I mean, he was a little stiff and wooden in some scenes, but. Um, it was just cool to especially that last you know that that last bit when when he actually got to smile and say, you know, this is what I've always been you know oh, this yeah. is what I've always been pointed at. I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah. um, and he had a couple good scenes in there. I thought I thought that was really neat. And, and I was saddened as a fan that Sinclair did not get to interact with Garibaldi one final time. so
0: Yeah, it was weird too. It was like you'd think they'd have found some way to do that. But instead, they kind of made it part of his tragedy of a story. I mean, his story is not completely a tragedy, but there are elements of tragedy to his story, kind of the idea of being trapped with a circular fate, nothing you can do can change it, you know, all of that. I mean, that. and so him not getting to see Michael and say goodbye to him and doing it in order to help Michael, to save him, was a really powerful aspect or element of his tragedy, I think. Yep, I Um, agree. Yeah. I also really enjoyed seeing him, uh, seeing O'Hare interact with Ivanova and with uh, Sheridan. In, yep. in, in, I mean, you know, everybody interacts with Delenn kind of the same way. There wasn't anything super, <laughs> I don't think, special there with Delenn. But, um, but I, I really enjoyed like the moments where where Susan is like Jeff, you know, because they're they were so intimately close for a long time. And I really yep. enjoyed sheridan and sinclair together because you had that contrast
1: yeah it was yeah it was it was definitely very neat to, to see that the difference between the two of them for sure
0: and to see the respect there was no sense of you know i didn't detect any sense of jealousy or animosity it was much more like they kind of respected each other you know what i mean i thought
1: right and Right, and uh, they were at least acquaintances Mm -hmm. from Mars. They they uh, met during the Mars riots, so they they, they had known each other. Yeah, I think
0: John said that. I thought
1: that was kind of cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. It was just really good to see them together, kind of interacting, and I really liked Jeff saying, um, you know, from what I've heard, you've done a. I couldn't have picked a, you know, you couldn't. I couldn't have done a better job of holding things together here than you have. That was kind of cool. Right. Especially considering yep, that, that Sheridan the, declared independence and took him out of the Earth Alliance. So, right. <laughs> I mean, Sinclair could have come up and gone, what the heck did you do? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> I wouldn't even have done that, you know. I'd have found a way to bribe a dock worker and we would still be in the Earth Alliance. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you'd have to declare independence for crying out loud. But, uh, yeah, no, that was, I like that he said that. I just every, All their interactions were really good. And it, you know, it really hit me this time. I think I just took it kind of this story in stride, like, oh, of course they meet. Of course this happens. But, you know, this time watching it and being more analytical, I was more like, you know, the logistics of making this happen. And again, as you said, with O'Hare having his issues and everything, um, he seemed a lot like he didn't seem completely like his first season self. It had been you know, a couple of years, but but it right. still seemed like Jeffrey Sinclair. It seemed like him yeah. to me at a different stage in his life,
1: right? And when um, when Sinclair took over in the second episode after uh, after Sheridan was you know zapped away in the, the time stream, mm-hmm. then he really shined. Then his personality came back out, and he was the uh, commander Sinclair from season one because he he yes. snapped right to it. He took charge. He started you know, giving orders and he was, he was a man of action right then. So I thought that was really cool. That was a neat transformation. I don't know if it was intentional on the actor's part or the director's part, but it was a pretty noticeable transition.
0: Yeah. The whole time Sheridan was around, you could tell him deferring kind of, it wasn't his show anymore, right. but yeah, when it was just him and Delenn and Susan, whatever, and Marcus, he sat, he immediately went and sat down in the command seat and I was like, ah, yeah, Yep. there we go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was good. Um, and I don't know if I have it on here, but I want to mention this too. The first time we see him at the beginning, he's got the hood on. That whole business with the letters, you, you may have some mention that. I don't know if that made any of my categories, but I would still want to say the whole business was sending the letters 900 years forward in time was brilliant and spectacular and i loved it i loved it loved it i love that they're like we opened this box that was you know sealed up 900 years ago and we were told (laughs) to open it this time we opened it up and there's a letter to you how could they have known (laughs) oh that was so good and got one too yeah yeah and then
1: now could you and then michael got one or he got the the video message didn't he yeah yeah but there, it didn't yeah. come
0: from 900 years ago, though. I That's was gonna true. Say, there's, a, there's a library on Minbar, and they got a check for the book he checked out 900 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> it's for like a billion credits.
1: <laughs> and they're like, how did he know? How did Valen know that you know? <laughs> Could you imagine being Sinclair and opening this 900-year-old yes. box and seeing your handwriting there? I mean, talk about a mind job.
0: Absolutely. That's it's so good. And that's how he knew it was all true is because he told himself, you know. Right. Yeah, I would have liked to have actually read the letter. Because you can imagine the letter. It's like, no, no, I know that you're thinking so-and-so now, but it's true. No, now you're thinking this, but that's not true. <laughs> You know, just counter, (laughs) anticipate every argument he's going to come up with and and immediately answer it before he even (laughs) thinks it fully. You know, just like it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. So, Oh, that's so good. It's so good. I've written a few uh, time travel related books, and it's always a challenge. I mean, that's another thing I want to talk about with this episode. And again, I'm not sure if it's something we get into along the way, but I'm going to mention real quick here is the the process jms had to go through to write this episode is that not only did he have to do time travel he had to do time travel to like three different let's see there's there's 900 years ago there's season one there's season three and they they jump around among those plus in the future plus like 17 years in the future right so there's at least four different time frames they go to and he had to make it all match up to Babylon squared years after they filmed that episode and got rid of all the sets and the costumes.
1: And not only that, but they also had a major change in the storyline. Yes. You know that the with signal with with uh, um, Michael O'Hara leaving. Yes. So he, I mean, he had all played Babylon's how it was going to finish up, and suddenly, you know, things are drastically different in season three than they were expected to be. He had to make changes.
0: Yes. Oh incredible.
1: And, and Vehar or Vijar, the director, talks about it too, how, how confusing it was. But mm. he actually and I don't know if you picked up on this, the lighting for each time frame was different. Oh. So he dropped in visual cues for the, the the viewer so they knew instantly just by seeing where they were in the time stream. I thought that was really sharp way to way to do it without dropping a lot of exposition, which I mean to be honest this was an expo- exp- expository episode. I mean there's a lot of exposition in this episode especially from Delane, but but I thought that was neat how how they were able to to do that with just like, you know, visual cues.
0: And yet I would argue there's a minimum of it. For I mean, in other words, you needed a lot and yet they really get by with as little as they could really have gotten by with. It could have gone a lot. They could have explained a lot more. Right but they they explain about as Absolutely. minimal as you need and then like just enjoy the ride cuz it's a ride you know just enjoy it don't worry too much right. about it you can go back yeah. and watch it again try to figure it out later yeah oh it's <laughs> it's it's so there's so much going on it's so complex and like i said i mean they had to make it yeah like you said they the storyline had changed drastically since season 1 so not only did JMS have to match everything in this story up to intercut with Babylon squared but he had to make it intercut with Babylon Squared when it's going in a different place than it was then. So he had to like there are right. certain there are certain moments in part two, especially that you can tell he's like pulling stuff out of his butt to make it match up like the whole thing where right. <laughs> it's, it turns out to be Dylan and not. Sheridan or something, or it turns out to be Sheridan and not Sinclair, and then Zathras is like, "Well, see, you're all the one." Right. See, and I'm like, "Ah, okay." I'm like, "Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I like it, but no, no, that's
1: that's cheating.
0: That's totally JMS going. I've got more than one one, so I got to make everybody the one."
1: And, and I'm like, I, "You know, that's fine. It works." Right. And that that moment, and I still haven't figured it out. I watched it twice within the past week, but that moment when Delenn pulled off the the, the space helmet I'm like wait a minute how did she get in the space suit and then she was walking down the hall 2 minutes later without the space I'm like who was that which Dylan was that was that the Dylan from the future or from the past I uh, I was totally confused I all right
0: my theory I don't grasp it completely that's the single I think most confusing part of both episodes but here's what I would say I believe in Babylon Squared. We see we see Sinclair being helped up in the in a, as he's older by a hand that looks like Delenn's. Right. And I think in this episode we see it from Delenn's point of view, and she helps up the guy in the spacesuit that's Sinclair. So it was confusing because we were seeing a scene we'd already seen before. And that's hard to say. Um, <laughs> but from a different perspective. We were seeing it from this perspective right. rather than last time. I think that's I think that's right. But it it did I, very successfully answer the Zathra stuff and that was that made me happy.
1: Right. I would be curious and I I I'm I'm surprised I didn't think of this while I was watching these two episodes. It'd be curious to watch Babylon Squared and then these two episodes one right after the other after oh. the other.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Just
1: just to see how well everything matches up.
0: That would make a nice like film festival thing, show those three in a row.
1: Right. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Maybe maybe a Dragon Con panel. <laughs> I keep <laughs> hoping.
0: Um, I just never hear anything back.
1: Um, hey, I just want
0: to go on, on, the, on the record as saying Andy mentioned Dragon Con, not me. That was Andy. <laughs> That's not me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andy, for breaking that out so I don't have to worry about, about mentioning <laughs> it. Um, I was surprised again how much film footage from Babylon Squared they used in Part Two. Yeah, was a good bit. Yep, they did. There's a lot of intercutting, old and new, old and new. Yeah.
1: Yep. But it was impressive how they got all the actors back, all the all the Babylon Four crew, the the command staff, and all that. They got them back for their for the new scenes. I thought that was pretty neat. I was going
0: to mention that. Kent Kent Broadhurst as Major Krantz is the big one, right? Yep. The bald headed guy with the mustache. In the yeah. I guess we decided that's like the Earth Alliance Construction Corps or something, so they wear brown instead of blue, I guess. He's right. not the he's not know. gonna be I, the commander of Babylon Four. He's just like in charge of building it, and then he's gonna hand it over to whoever right.
1: would be the commander. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's like the Corps of Engineers guy. So
0: if Babylon Four had gone online and hadn't been stolen, oh, and by the way, I call it Babylon Heist. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's funny, folks, because I've written two books called Heist. I have Vegas Heist and Miami Heist, so this was Babylon Heist. Um, but um, I assume if Babylon 4 hadn't been heisted, Jeff would have been the commander, right? Cause that's I'm who assuming, the Min- yeah. That's who the Minbari yeah. wanted.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Minbari wanted from the very beginning because they knew that's yeah. who it needed to be. And Bruce Morrow.
0: Well, let me, here's the, the guest star. I mentioned Michael O'Hare, and that got us all down this rabbit hole. Tim Choate returns as Zathras, and bless his heart, uh, he passed away a few years after this. He didn't live a long time after doing these. And uh, he was in a, right. he was actually in like a scooter accident or motorcycle accident. He was driving around Los Angeles and got hit by a car or something. So the horrible Man. luck of Babylon 5 veterans continues, unless you're Bruce Boxleitner or, you know, or... Uh, uh, Peter Jurassic. Peter
1: Jurassic. Yeah, they're like yep. the
0: two that have skated through, I guess, and, and Pat Tallman. Right. But almost yep. everybody else and
1: has had problems. I you know, I I didn't I, I didn't think of this earlier, but Bruce Boxleitner was on a recent episode of what's that show on Hulu? The the faux Star Trek show? Oh, the Orville or something? The no, Orville, yeah. And and uh he said he had a lot of fun doing that. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was
1: in makeup, right? He got to play an alien for a change instead
0: of the oh, yeah. human. Oh yeah, but he yeah.
1: was—he was a president of the Interstellar Alliance. <laughs>
0: oh, shoot, now I got to go watch it. Dang it! All right, all right. <laughs> I haven't really watched that show, but now if I know that President Sheridan is on there, you know, I fam- well, I don't know if I probably mentioned it before, but I, won't, I did say that I, I told them to. I told. Uh, I told uh, John and Delinda their face in front of a giant crowd at Dragon Con that they were the president and first lady of the galaxy. And that was cooler than having the president and first lady of the United States. Um, (laughs) That's on YouTube. If you go look, you can find me talking talking about doing that. Um, Tim chose Zathra's Time Winters as Rathin. That was the Minbari at the beginning of episode one that brought the box to Jeff and then in the second one Kent Broadhurst as Major Krantz and Bruce Morrow as the B4 first officer with no name um random factoids and notes what are you thinking
1: let me see I've I've only got a couple here the one that I that floored me was something that JMS said and he was addressing uh, questions about you know bringing Michael O'Hare back and all that he said Sheridan was always going to replace Sinclair that Mm -hmm. that Michael O'Hare leaving the show was just Sinclair leaving earlier than anticipated. Hmm. And he said that that was, that that, and this interview may have been, you know, during season three mm-hmm. when he was still trying to cover for Michael O'Hare. Yeah. But he mentioned that, you know, Sinclair was always going to go away. That, that he, the, the fact that he left a little bit earlier was a creative decision because he didn't want to spend three seasons building up. Sinclair only to have him swap out in the middle of the the, the series was shared and he thought that the fans wouldn't accept that so he said that this would this was always the plan they were always gonna that that Sinclair was always gonna go back in time which mm-hmm. which I, I agree believe. is yes. is probably the plan but then in a different interview he mentioned that that uh, war without end was originally planned to be the final episode of the series right well there's, so. like, there's
0: like what we obviously think the original ending was going to be, which is Sinclair going back and becoming Valen. But right. you can actually go and read the outline that people have put together of what JMS actually was originally going to do, and it is different. It gets very complex. It's it, His original plan went off in a very different direction from anything we saw. It's got some weird stuff in it. It involves, like, their, their, Dylan's child doing something and not just being like an offstage presence like David. Um, I would say this. I agree with you that that's probably him covering for Michael O'Hare because because we know that he said that he, you know, JMS is on the record as saying that in retrospect he should have done it this way from the beginning because having Jeff Sinclair be both the connection to the Minbari and Valen and also having the connection to the shadows in the Shadow War was too much to put on one character, right? right. My my theory, and a lot of people's theory always, was that uh, was that Catherine Sakai was going to be the one to go to Zahadoom since she was an explorer. And I can't, yep. you know, spoiler, spoiler. And um, instead of Anna Sheridan, which we do know that Anna Sheridan apparently went there, right? We got that all the way back in the, sh- in the shadow of Zaha Doom. And so, but I don't think that's actually... Because JMS talked about how the timeline—we talked about this before, right? Remember, the timeline doesn't match up that way. Right. So it's—it's it's very convoluted. It is very convoluted. Yep. I don't know, but um, um, yeah. So I, I don't know how much I believe anymore. He said a lot of different things over the years. All right. That's—that's right. his right. He can say whatever he wants. So I'm not complaining. I just—I yep. just enjoy what God. So what else you got?
1: That's—that's that's all. I, uh, wait, I had something else. I forgot to write it down.
0: But well, you'll certainly nope, have. I
1: can't think of it. Well, you'll think yeah, of it while I, it, I'm going. I got a few. Right. Okay. Um, I did note right off
0: the top of the top of uh, top here under Babylon Heist in all capital letters. I wrote, I think that this pair of episodes is really when Babylon Five went from being my favorite TV show of all time to my favorite thing of all time period. Right. Because I've said that Babylon Five. It started out as One of my favorite shows, one of my favorite science fiction shows, one of my favorite shows, and then it became my favorite current show, and then it became my all time favorite show, and then it became my all time favorite anything. And it just kind of kept going up. And I really think this is the one where I went, oh, you know, I just went, this is, this is, you know, this show, this is it. So, um, yeah, and uh, let's see. I don't believe and this is off the top of my head, I don't think they saved any of the sets or costumes from the first from Babylon Square. They had to go back and recreate everything and use that episode as like to kinda they they freeze frame that episode, which is it's funny, that's kind of what cosplayers would do. They had to basically do cosplayer type stuff in order to make the next the sequel, you know. Um, which is amazing right. that they even had to like, and and I remember Tim Choate saying something like he had even forgotten how he played Zathras, and he had to go back and watch Babylon Squared again, and practice to get back into that character's head and voice and everything. So that that was right. something. Um, I have a this is not an unanswered question, so I think there is an answer. I just don't know. Is this the first time we see them in Bari Homeworld? I'm
1: not I sure. was, you know, I have that for one of my uh, categories, but I think so. I don't I'm remember sure it, it is, before because the the crystal powers have been mentioned before. Yeah, by uh, by uh, Veer. Okay. Oh, but this is down. the first time that we have seen it.
0: Yeah, I thought this the first time. So I've, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not the first time we see the Centauri homeworld, but episode two is the first and probably only time we see non-Centauri other than Mister Morden on this on the Centauri homeworld. Mm-hmm. well, other than Jakar. And there's right because we did see Jakar there. Um, but we see yep. Sh- uh, Sheridan and Delin there, so you get to so so the we get a little more of the Centauri homeworld. We get the minbari homeworld for the first time um to get a sense of how long that letter waited for Sinclair to open it, if it had been opened today on Earth, it would have been left for him around the time of the Norman conquest in England <laughs> that's how long. It would
1: be That's basically. Crazy.
0: It would be the letter to Sh- to Sinclair and the Bayou Tapestry about the same age.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I got this letter from William the Conqueror. Yes, oh wait, exactly. that was me. Yes, I was <laughs>
0: William the Conqueror. Who knew?
1: <laughs>
0: oh man, uh, the Minbari call Sinclair Intilza. Yeah. Ooh. And you will recall and not that just had... the
1: Min- not not just the Minbari, but also the Rangers, because. Yes. Uh, that's how, that's how markets addressed him as well. It, it is true.
0: And so I guess it's not a spoiler anymore. So you remember in the revised version of the pilot, of, it, of the gathering, when 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 Kosh comes on the station the first time and the fake Sinclair shakes quote-unquote hands with Kosh and poisons him, which we, we're not even going to go there. Just leave that alone. Right. But when that happens... <laughs> Kosh says... Oh, wait. Kosh says... Until Zah Valen. Or something like that. Doesn't he? Right. Yeah. Because I remember seeing that and going, oh my gosh, what a huge spoiler that is for War Without right. End. Right. But it's not a spoiler anymore because yeah. you've all seen War Without End. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> I have an unanswered question. Okay. Who were the, who were the two uh, Vorlons that were... Ah. On either side of Sinclair when he went back in time. I have a note here. Did you, This is the first time I've noticed it. When we see
0: Babylon 4 and the ancient Mimbari ships are sailing up to it, because those are yeah. thousand-year-old Mimbari ships. They don't look like that anymore. Right. When we see Babylon 4 sitting there and the ancient Mimbari ships sail up to it, there are two small Vorlon ships next to Babylon 4. I didn't notice that. I would never noticed it until this time. They're yellow. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that now.
1: Yeah. That's cool.
0: Well, and you remember we see a Vorlon on Minbar.
1: Yes. Yes, with the with the uh with Ruthin, I believe. Uh the Minbar guy, yep. Ruthen, absolutely. Yeah. Which I'd that, forgotten that, that too. I was like, whoa, Vorlon, right. what the heck, man? W- was that evil kosh or not? N- I'm sorry, not evil Kosh. that's we that's spoiler space.
0: I am not sure which kosh that we are all kosh we are all kosh that's right bill maybe we'll address that in the spoiler space but yeah that's i don't know i was i have a question here though about it's like all of a sudden it's funny for 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 two and a half seasons we've had one freaking vorlon and they kill him and suddenly there's vorlons all over the freaking place you you can't swing a dead Marcab all that too soon too soon (laughs)
1: You can't, oh, you can't you can't swing a a mamari lunch. All right, without, yeah, without hitting a right. freaking Vorlon. <laughs> <sighs> I guess that would be the same thing as a Mark Cap, though, would you, you can't, hey, oh, wait, well, I got it.
0: <laughs> you know, Veer, you can't swing a dead what do those earth creatures have webbed feet <laughs> go quack, cats. Yes, cats. you can't swing a dead cat,
1: Vir, without hitting a Vorlon. <laughs> Yes. Uh, of course. Oh, Gotta love those callbacks.
0: I'm sorry. Um, <coughs> this was interesting. I don't know if this is an unanswered question or just a weird thing. In the audio signal from Ivanova that they pick up coming from Sector 14, which we can talk about that thing because I got issues there, um, she keeps calling it Earth Alliance Station Babylon 5. It's not Earth Alliance Station Babylon 5. Nope. So what's that all about? Yep. Was that just a mistake by JMS? Or does it somehow get back under Earth Alliance control over the two weeks or whatever between this episode and when that supposedly happens? Or Eight,
1: eight days.
0: <laughs> I don't think they've yeah. rejoined
1: Earth Alliance in eight days.
0: I guess they know the shadows are coming. So they're like, you know, we'd kind of like to smooth everything over and just get right back in the alliance if <laughs> that's all good with you guys. <laughs> President Clark, a fine man. Sign us back up. Yeah. A good man. Oh, Lord. Couldn't swallow that. But, yeah, that was interesting yeah. she kept saying that. Uh, let's see. Um, okay, before we get to Part two's uh, co- uh, odds and ends, uh, there were a couple of JMS things that I did want to mention here. Um, okay, so here's what he says. In November th- on November 30th of 95, he says, As I write this, I've just started writing War Without in Part 1, the first of two episodes that brings Sinclair to Babylon 5. So JMS was telling the viewers that this episode was coming all the way back in November of the previous year, which is right. interesting. Um, it's been touch and go, but we've finally been able to schedule all the guest cast members from Babylon Squared for this one. So, uh, Which is the flip side of that episode. So in other words, they had to put this one off until they could get all the actors available. Uh, which is the flip side of that episode. It's probably going to be the most expensive show we've done yet due to the hideous production requirements for this one. And I'm not surprised at all. Um, It's also the one I'm most nervous about writing even more than Fall of Night, interesting, because an awful lot happens here and it has to be done just right. It's going to be probably the toughest writing job of the series to date. I think that's probably true. I I think it probably ended up the hardest thing. I don't know, but I think, I guess it's probably the hardest one he had to write in the entire series just because of all that stuff.
1: he had a lot of balls to juggle and and people kept swapping balls out while he was trying to juggle them. So yeah, that, that would be not a a job I would want to have.
0: No. And he says, I'll be putting Sinclair and Sheridan together a lot, which is shaping up to be an interesting combination. Ah, well, I could have just looked here. We're also going to see Minbar for the first time. So duh, there's the answer to the question we were just talking about. We thought so. Um, that reminds uh, me of the,
1: the other factoid I have. Okay, go ahead. Uh, when um, Michael O'Hare came onto set, uh, JMS made sure that Michael O'Hare and Bruce Boxleitner spent every minute together. He intentionally scheduled their lunches together oh, wow. and meetings together and stuff like that because he wanted them to build a, rap- a-, a rapport and he knew he didn't have a whole lot of time to build that up. So he, so he good. kind of forced them together. And they got along famously. They they yeah. really uh, seemed to they, enjoy each other's company.
0: How so. could those two guys not? They're both such good guys, you know, from all right.
1: The, the yeah, the nicest guys in the galaxy. So.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, as JMS said, they asked about how much of it was worked out before. And he said, it just required working all out the details of what was, is, and will be. Then I walked on water. Well, that's the truth. I, I don't <laughs> doubt it all. It was pretty miraculous. Um, somebody asked about why, wasn't the, why wouldn't they interact with Jakar. He said there just wasn't enough time to get everybody in. It would have been nice to have right. Sinclair, meet Jakar, but uh, it just wouldn't afforded the story, really. Um, and then, um, let's see if there's anything. Talk, just, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything – a toad strangler, a barn burner, a doozy. It's a good thing he describes this episode. So um, they did reshoot some scenes from Babylon Squared. They also used some actual specific footage, and they just kind of matched it up. The vision of Babylon 5 blowing up was the same one they used in Signs and Portents. That was interesting. Because I could tell that the CGI was kind of first season CGI. That didn't surprise me. Yep. Yeah. Um, ah, now let's go ahead and address this because it was something I wanted to ask about at some point and here's JMS addressing it so let me ask you, I've seen people say that they and it may have been at least one of our patrons said this and we'll get to it when we get to the end of the end of this but people have said the most the thing that did not ring true for them was how Susan acts in the distress message right she's so tough she's so strong and she just seemed like she was losing her mind and almost like crying i'm not saying susan wouldn't lose her mind and cry but it didn't seem in character for her now before you hear what jms said what do you think about that
1: i agree i i I was a little taken aback by that as well It, it didn't seem like the way she would go out
0: so he said with most of their systems down everyone around her dead and we did hear that sheridan was dead Mm -hmm. That's one thing she said, the captain's dead. Knowing she's about to die and there's nothing she can do about it, and obviously knowing full well who's out there, the shadows, about to to witness the deaths of a quarter million sentients on the station, I felt a bit of an outburst, a final letting go of emotions, was not inappropriate for her. Although I do think Claudia may have played it a bit too hysterical at times. Separate the lines from the performance and look at it again. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then he says, you hand this woman a script and say to her, Miss C, everyone around you is dead and you are in command. The station is falling down around you. You're in terrible pain, about to die by decompression or laser burns or crushing or worse. You could become a morden and be controlled by the shadows the rest of your life. You have no hope of rescue. You may not know where you are. And then you say she was a tiny bit on the hysterical side. From where I sit, that's just another day at the office. Uh, so... Um, and the same person did the voice of the new Vorlon that did the voice of the old. Mm. <sighs> so I'm gonna, le- and he says, I like Zathras, he's just nuts. I do too. Um, yeah. okay. Um, do you have any uh thoughts or any uh, factoids or notes about part two? Because I'm just like, since we did this as one thing, I'm just gonna roll on into part two.
1: I, I I did not separate them out in my okay. brain, so no, I don't have anything specific for part two.
0: I have them separated just so I would kind of know what I was talking about when I kind of went through. So, all right, so let's go through these. Uh, I mentioned I was excited to get Major Krantz back, looking exactly the man hadn't aged a minute. But of course, he's on right. Babylon squared, so why, I mean, Babylon four, so he's right. probably acting younger this time than he was last time. I can't keep that straight. Um, it was. Uh, let me take it down for just a second, as they say, as the kids mm-hmm. say. It was really hard to hear Mira Furland say that it was as if someone had walked over her grave. Yes, that was hard to hear yes. this time. Yep, I haven't watched this episode since she left us, since she went beyond the rim. Yep. That was tough. I had to like pause that it was. for a second and go, "Oh man." <sighs> so, um, oh, this is awesome, Andy. This is, and I, and we've been, we've been kind of, we've mentioned this a couple of times. I think that JMS said. He'd been holding off on having John and Delenn kiss because he wanted the the first time they do it to be special. He couldn't get more special, quote unquote, than this, right? This is the first time we (laughs) see John Delenn kiss. He has no clue what's going on or where he really is or anything. And she, meanwhile, is talking about them having a son. So Awkward doesn't even begin to cover this kiss.
1: Well, it's interesting to note that while this was the first time that Sinclair has kissed Delenn, this is not the first time Delenn has kissed Sinclair, or uh, Sheridan. Yeah. Right? Because uh, according yes. to her, you know, yes. they, they have been married and have a child, so that first kiss was only the first kiss from his perspective, not from hers.
0: We That is an absolutely outstanding point. Thank you, thank you. Do You know what that means? That means we now have to have um, we have to have Delyn kisses Sheridan watch
1: twenty twenty two.
0: Delyn kisses Sheridan watch twenty twenty two. Because we have now seen the first time that Sheridan kisses Delyn, as you just said. Right. But we right. haven't seen the other. So the next time they kiss will be the first time she kisses him. Right. I'm on the floor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a mind job, isn't it? <laughs> oh man!
0: All right. Remember, help me remember. We got to keep an I eye will. out, because the next time they, oh, oh crap! I'm um, we got. I'm I'm going to put this in a spoiler space. Hold on. I'm calling an audible because I got to add a spoiler space. Um, in, uh, um.
1: <laughs> so now, so now I'm going to be keeping an eye out for the newspapers to pop up and for the yeah. kiss to pop up.
0: That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, all right, we're almost to unanswered questions. I put it kind of last this time sort of, of first. Sorry. Um, yeah, I said this is the only time we see John Delane on Centauri Prime, probably. Uh, we do get a bit of the first season music when they show Sinclair and Garibaldi in the shuttle.
1: That was cool. Yes, I thought that, that was very cool. I thought Good old that was really cool. Chris and
0: Frankie. Oh, I love Chris Frankie. Yeah. Um, I like that, you know, you mentioned the lighting in terms of, like, the levels and stuff, but did you notice, this is the same thing as Babylon Square, whenever you're on Babylon 4, they just slap up some green neon. Yep. Green is like you're on Babylon 4. Right. <laughs> I, I get the sense that each of the Babylon stations had a different main color.
1: Well, yeah, if if you look at the, the outside of the Babylon 4, it's it's got green highlights where Babylon 5 has blue highlights.
0: Yeah, yeah, so... Which which station design? We didn't talk about this before. You're you're a spaceship guy just like me. Which design do you like better, the B4 design or the B5
1: design? I love the B4 design. I think it's it super is. cool. It is. Yeah, I I, it's I really imposing. like that design.
0: It's imposing. It is,
1: and it it's it's bigger than Babylon 5.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of the Pegasus to Babylon 5's Galactica.
1: Right, right. I was thinking that same thing when I was watching it. If they'd sent
0: Babylon Five back in time to be a military base, the the, Min, the would've been like, "Nah, it's okay. <laughs> this thing's good. We'll get killed on this thing. This ain't gonna work."
1: This thing's a post office. Yeah,
0: it's not gonna work. Um, um, yeah. And I mentioned this is the first time I ever noticed two Vorlon ships. Sp- outside of Babylon 4 at the end. That's pretty cool. All right. Unanswered question number one. And this might take us to spoiler space or I don't know. Whatever became of Catherine Sakai? Yeah. Now, I'll just say for spoiler space sake and we... Let's Full disclosure, we did get admonished by a listener this week for giving away too much. In, in, in we the, did. And we, we, did. Found, we got we called out chagrin- on Twitter. <laughs> we got called out, and I felt chagrin. I'm like, oh, gosh. I well, did, we, too. I
1: felt so bad.
0: You and I debated the Catherine Sakai thing before, I believe, but we never had yeah. like the definitive end for her. And we've said that JMS has said that it wasn't the same fate that would have beca- fallen um, Anna Sheridan. So we can talk about that when we get to it but there's I, I'm not going to say what but I believe it, it, it is a, I'm not going to give anything away this is not a spoiler, I'm just going to say I think in one of the novels they address this so if you're wanting to know whatever became of Catherine Sakai, you got to read the books because I, I think that's where it is um, I'm looking forward to when you and I review the books later on after the show because it's been a long time since I've read them and I'm going to enjoy going back and reading them fresh again I think that'll be fun
1: I, I have only read a couple of them, so I'm really looking forward to
0: it. It occurs to me right now that we may be mailing stuff back and forth to each other for a while because <laughs> I've got I've got Crusade stuff to send to you. I've got books. Yeah. We're going to be, like, swapping things for a while there. We might as well just get used to that. But I, <laughs> you're lucky I trust you. I wouldn't just send off my pre- precious treasured Babylon 5 artifacts to anybody, but... Uh,
1: I you know, I've been looking on eBay for for copies of the books, and I've I found some decent prices. I might have to pull the trigger on a couple of
0: them. Okay. Well, and I, I, I'm sure I'm sure our patrons would be glad for the sake of the show to help with that too. So you let me know. Yes. You let me know okay. when you find stuff you know that's reasonable, and we'll see what we can do. You know, that's no problem.
1: All right. That's cool. I just okay. need a master list of all the books we're going to cover.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're not going to do the Dell ones other than maybe one or two of them, and I haven't even read one of those, but we're definitely if we can going to do the 9 Dell rays if we can, if we can. All right. All right. But they're all short. Um let's see. Oh, yeah. Do random Vorlons just hang out with the Rangers on Minbar? That was my question cuz they didn't seem puzzled by having a uh, Vorlon just hanging out there.
1: Right? All right. Maybe they're like what? the uh, the master of the dark arts professor or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: turn your textbooks to page 37 Port, pot, p- potter oh god um this is like the greatest thing i ever did was putting the kosh sound effect on the soundboard um uh let's see delin delin received a letter too. And she says he's my friend, and Lanier says I know, but it must be done, or the dream will die. So I'm assuming they're talking about sending Sinclair back in time to become Valen or something. Did they know?
1: That's what. That's yeah. That's what I took that to mean.
0: Yeah. So they know. When right. did they find out? When did when did DeLynn and Lanier find out that he's Valen? Probably in the letter. Yeah, because they couldn't have known before that. Remember they. You know, they interrogated him. They nearly killed him. They'd have never done that if they'd known who he was. I
1: don't don't even think Sinclair knew before he got his letter.
0: No. No. That's it. I would have... Yeah, we'd like to have seen that letter. Um, Yeah. (laughs) No no drawl in these two episodes. They very make a... You know, JMS makes a very big point of having Zathra say at the beginning... We can't disturb draw. We have to do all this ourselves. Zathras trained in crisis management. By the way, these two episodes have so much. They have like the greatest Zathras lines of all time. <laughs> just all through both episodes, Zathras is just gold, solid gold beginning right. to end. He just and, kills. And-
1: there I have re- I, I always seek out interviews with the cast for each of the episodes we watch and and multiple actors have said how hilarious that he was throughout the entire shoot. I mm. mean there is one scene that, that uh, Mia Ferland actually points out in her interview where she is looking back and forth between uh, yeah. Sinclair and Zatris and yes. is just trying so hard not to laugh. She said I had to bite my tongue and, and squeeze my thumb in my fist and everything just so I wouldn't bust out laughing.
0: I know exactly because I – here's what's funny about that. I screenshotted that and posted it on the Babylon 5 group on Facebook, and it's got like 120 yep. likes or something. <laughs> All right. and, and here's the thing. The reason I did was because I read her facial expression there one way. But when you say that, it brings a whole other meaning to it, right? So in reality with the actor, with Mira Furlan, the expression she has on her face when she looks at Sinclair in reality is her trying not to laugh, right And I bet if I drag out my B5 blooper VHS tape, I bet there's theres there's several takes of that scene where she <laughs> doesn't succeed, I guarantee. Right. but, the reason I screenshotted it and posted it was because the look that she ends up making because of that is so perfect. It's <laughs> Zathrus at that moment is saying Zathras used to being beast of burden for other people's <laughs> things or needs or whatever. Right. And, and he's have very sad life, probably have very sad death, but at least there is symmetry. And, when he's saying all this like, oh, woe is me, I'm so pitiful stuff, Dillon looks at Sinclair and she she looks at him where Zathras can't see her expression, can't see her eyes. But she looks at Sinclair and to me the expression she's giving Sinclair is, Can you believe this guy? <laughs> Can you believe this? Now again, you're you know, you're telling me that the expression actually meant I'm biting my tongue to keep from laughing. And that's awesome because what it somehow produced in her face was, oh my gosh, seriously. And I love that. I mean, you know, it's the expression that my wife gives my older daughter when I say something dumb, right? She just looked at, they just look at each other like, what is the deal with this idiot? And that is the lens expression. And I'm just like, this right. is perfect. God, that's so perfect. It's just the greatest expression. Can I just say, by the way, also, while we're talking about D'Lynn here, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. Help me out. I thought D'Lynn, and I guess Mira Furlan, looked radiantly gorgeous in these two episodes. Agreed. What was different? I was trying to figure it
1: out. I'm not sure. I I, I, I don't know. But yeah, she was, uh, yeah. Every scene she was in, she just glowed. Glowed. Most
0: yeah. like you know, most every other episode, I'm like, oh yeah, there's dylan yeah Delyn's nice, yeah she's fine, you know she's great, very pretty woman, you know, oh but there's Talia, you know, oh there's you know, um here I was like, man, Dolin just looks gorgeous. Yeah. I don't know I'm if they had sure a different makeup artist or she just got out of bed that that week and looked really good or her hair was good or, I don't you know I don't want to speculate. I just I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. I thought I must be losing my mind, but I'm like. She no, just looked great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She did. Okay. Um,
1: I, I I will admit I had a crush on Mia Furland from from early <laughs> on when when she did a transition to the more human form.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. You know my younger daughter is Mira. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's not an accident. Um, how did the explosion damage? This is kind of an unanswered question. How did the explosion damage Sheridan's time stabilizer when he was just standing there? It was like it I got drawn
1: in, yeah, like yeah, a it was
0: contrived a little bit. Yeah, a, a little bit, you think? Yeah, <laughs> I can leave it that. I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, why did Why didn't Sheridan remember what Londo told him and showed him happened to Centauri Prime after the war with the Shadows, and and happened because Sheridan didn't think to do anything before? I that whole I've all if there's anything in this whole two parter that's puzzled me and there's a lot that can puzzle you in this, this whole two parter is a lot of things that you have to kinda of go, hmm. But the whole thing with Londo and Centauri Prime I've always had issues with. Right. And and again in spoiler space we can mention it again briefly, but it felt like there's stuff in a coming season that almost contradicts it, right? So we can talk about that. Right. Okay, well, right. we'll, and we'll it,
1: put, it was a cool scene, though. I mean, the, oh, both, yeah. both those scenes with with Londo were were spectacular. So, oh, but, absolutely. yeah. But yeah, I agree. It was it was it, it. I and I'll get into this later too. But this whole episode was just a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, there were places. Yeah, but there's stuff. Yeah. There's
0: part of. It's funny. Part of this is addressed in the books. Part of it is addressed in season five. Part of it is addressed here. And part of it's addressed in prophecy and dreams before this, and I'm not sure it all ends up. But you know, that's asking a lot. So I'm cutting them in. Yeah, it is. Cutting them some slack. Um, Garibaldi gets to say everything's going straight to hell for once, instead of Sheridan or Ravanova. It's usually one of them that says it. So that was good for for Michael. Um, I always, when I think of these episodes, I think of it as Babylon heist, and I always forget that we had the whole other thing with Sheridan traveling through time and visiting other parts of the story which is really cool yeah. but i always forget about that so that's neat yep um let's see um and i had oh those were the unanswered questions i already already had covered them all right so all right so you ready to get in the categories i am let's do it um high point of the episode oh gosh where do you begin
1: well i i had a couple of them i, I yep. think the first uh first bit of, of seeing minbar was really cool Mm-hmm. I thought that the effects were, were, were adequately done and it made it look very alien and, and matched up to to what uh, the descriptions we've heard before. I thought that was really neat. I thought seeing the old Minbari ships was cool. Mm-hmm. They are similar to the newer ones, but, but not. They're different. I, I always got a kick out of seeing on Star Trek all the various iterations of the Enterprise as they bounced across timeline so i thought it was kind of cool to see the the minbari sunfish looking things looking a little bit more shark-like back in the past i was gonna say different breed of fish different species right. of fish i like it yeah more, more barracuda don't, than than sunfish but it was pretty cool
0: don't be coy andy
1: <laughs> and uh but the the biggest one for me was the the return of uh jeffrey sinclair i thought that was yeah. super cool I, I, that, that to me because I, I was a you know I, I'm a, a an unabashed uh, Sinclair fanboy so I thought that was neat to see him back and, and it was a, a proper send off I thought that was really cool too.
0: That's just true. I I agree with you completely. I I put down and I think mine is just trying to trying to conglomerate a lot of that together into one scene. So I was able to find one scene that includes Sheridan, Delenn and Sinclair. Get some Zathras in there. Get some cosmic stuff. Gets all that together, and that is. You are the one who was. Yeah. <laughs> you are the one who is. And you are the one who will be. Right. You are the beginning of the story and the middle of the story and the ending of the story that begins a whole new story. That, at the same time, was a huge cop-out by JMS having to right. adjust. <laughs> and yet he took chicken poop and made chicken salad out of it, didn't he? Right.
1: Right. Right, and it was very meta. I mean, that was like JMS there explaining his story arc, which I thought was kind of fun.
0: Oh, he's, throughout the whole series, he keeps showing us his hand, and yet we keep coming back. We're not like, oh, we already know what happens now. No. Right. (laughs) We we knew what was going to happen with Londo and Jakar two years ago and yet here it is and we're like oh wow and you're like well we already knew this but 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 it's happening now you know but it's actually not happening now i'm so confused oh (laughs) Oh, god all right i'll unanswer your question what's the deal and no spoilers what's the deal with jakar having an eye patch
1: yeah and the funky way he was wearing it. I guess if you don't have ears, that, that would be the best way to wear it. But. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, um, I do have I do have an unanswered question. The Minbari a thousand years ago wore the exact same clothes that they wear today. That seemed a little odd and, to me.
0: And they wore warrior cast uniforms when there were no casts yet.
1: Right. That, that ooh, I didn't think of that. That's interesting. Yeah, there were no casts yeah. yet, because Valen created the casts. Yeah. Right. Three. Interesting. There,
0: three. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what was your low point? And I think by this point we're pretty much to the emotional downer point rather than
1: bad. Cause we're right. Bad. I had two. One of them was when Lando dies. Now yeah. it was it was a cool way to go out, and it was the old Londo I thought you know was neat, and I'll address that in a in a separate category. But well, it was still sad to see Lando and Jakar. I was yeah, gonna say, I, you
0: said Londo. I'm like, I think it's both of them, right? Am I wrong?
1: Right, Londo and Jakar, yep. Okay. They, they both died there, and th- those are two of my favorite. I, I've never been shy about saying those are my two no. favorite characters of the series. Sure. Um, so that was kind of sad. And the other one was when Garibaldi feels dissed by Free Sinclair by not yeah. seeing them. That's he he was genuinely hurt by that and he didn't know the circumstances and he didn't know that sinclair was was saving his life so mm-hmm. uh, he he carried that to was grave and i thought that that kind of sucked
0: yeah well he i think in his last message to to michael he kind of said i'm he kind of let him know that it was for his own good. Right. i mean he got a little bit of it there, right um and, I, and I'd like to think that Michael could kind of put the pieces together once they probably had a conversation after this episode like John and Susan probably came back and said here's what happened and Michael's like oh
1: okay, okay right. right right that's true but still he didn't get to see his friend and he they didn't. were good friends oh yes yeah absolutely so.
0: and some of the comics go into that. that that's another thing we might want to do is right. review the, uh, the comics I got, I got all the comics um, some of them not particularly good and some of them very good uh, yeah, my low point was Londo and Jakar killing each other um, just because, yeah. that again, we knew it was coming, and it's not for 17 more years or whatever. But even still, you'd like to think those two just kind of go on forever. And, and interesting to see that after all the times that they've wanted to kill each other, this time when they actually do it, they didn't really want to.
1: Right, exactly. That's, I thought that was a really cool yeah. twist on expectations.
0: It, absolutely, yeah. How many times have they been stopped from killing each other, and when they finally do it, right. it's very reluctant because he even says my friend, my old right. friend, or something like that.
1: Yep. All right, most Babylon Five scene. Uh, I had two for this. Uh, one was the kiss. I thought yeah. that was uh, that was very Babylon Five because that you know the, what they discussed in that scene. You know, with her telling telling uh, uh, Sheridan how everything it was all for. You know, it was so difficult, but it was all for good and all that. I thought that was very Babylon 5. And the other one, which is probably a bigger Babylon 5 scene, it was uh, uh, Sinclair's reveal there when he goes back in time as Valen. I thought that Mm. was pretty. Darn Babylon five because that oh. what that goes back to the very beginning, the very first episode when they said you have a hole in your mind. I mean that that this is something that has been brewing, you know, a mystery that has been out there for three long seasons now. So I thought that was yes. really cool. And it I mean it sets the entire storyline in, in motion. You know, said it sets the entire history of of all the races in motion. I thought that was pretty darn that, pretty darn Babylon five. That reveal
0: is both utterly shocking and totally predictable. Like when it happens the first time, <laughs> right? I was like when that when they first revealed that at the end, half of me was like <gasps> and the other half yeah. of me was like, "Of course. Why did right. I not see that?" And and that's when you know that something fits perfectly, right? Is when you're both surprised beyond words, but also you're like, "Of course." Right. That means that the pieces were Obscured well enough that when they came together, they just like a puzzle came right together. You know what I mean? Yep.
1: Where so did when did he when did Sinclair pick up the triluminary?
0: Oh, the tr- that's an unanswered question. We didn't even get into the triluminary is a circ It's a closed circle. It has no origin because okay. he brings it back with him from the present from 2260. Right. Yeah. He Sincla- Jeffrey Sinclair brings the triluminary back from 2260, and that's how Valen has it. And that's how it eventually comes to Dolan in 2258 to make the chrysalis and right. everything, and eventually make its way to Sinclair, who takes it back in time, who brings it to the future, who takes it back in time, right. who brings it. It's 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 a closed circle. It has no beginning yeah. and no end. It's the weirdest thing ever.
1: So, yeah. What was it? Was when. Sinclair transformed into Valen. Was that the first time the chrysalis was used, or was that the second time it was used?
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. It's the chicken and the egg. It's the That's chrysalis crazy. and the chrysalis and the mimbari, and the mimbari or human. Yeah, yeah. Because one time it turns a mimbari into a human, the other time it turns a human into a mimbari
1: Right, and I'm curious. You know, now that I'm now that you mention that, is that part? Did she use his? human DNA to turn into a human or did he use her Minbari DNA oh, to turn <laughs> Dude it just
0: and here's my theory all right here's my theory Sinclair goes back in time and becomes Valen a, a Minbari not born of Minbari but still with human DNA and we don't know this at all but my theory is he has children and Delenn is one of his great, 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 grandchildren. And that is how she can wow. change into a human because she has dormant human DNA. That's, oh. why, that's why they were always so close, but never romantically. Right? Right.
1: That is my be voice. Like, she could be a descendant of Valet.
0: I, I, I wonder. In fact, in fact, let me tell you this. If you go to my website, and I could have to dig the URL or whatever, but if you go to my website, I have my huge dark crusade alternate... Dark universe fan fiction thing that a couple of friends and I yeah. did 20, 20 something years ago and never really finished. But there's a lot there, and one of the things I have in that story is that the shadows or whoever are trying to wipe out all the descendants of Valen, and and Delyn is like the last surviving descendant of Valen. Oh
1: wow! That's and a I wonder. Big part of my story, yeah. I wonder if they took Sinclair in at the Battle of the Line. Because when they scanned for him, they saw remnants of DNA that is in one of their great council members. Well, when they
0: certainly when they held the Triluminary up to him, yes. it, it went oh, ding, ding, ding. And that's why they man. let him go and erased his mind and surrendered. Wow. And that's why the Minbari surrendered is because they realized this is where our souls are going. The reason yeah. Minbari's souls were going to Earth is because of Jeffrey Sinclair, in my opinion. Wow. I think that their souls weren't leaving. They were just, but they were having human DNA introduced into their uh, gene pool.
1: That is the brilliance of this show I admit- and the wonder of this podcast that yes. 30 years later, I am <laughs> connecting dots by rewatching this and talking to you about it. <laughs> I have a whole new for. appreciation for this show now. This is awesome.
0: Just think, Andy, There are we've, we've discovered just in the last couple of weeks that there are several other new Babylon 5 podcasts. I probably shouldn't say that, but eh, we're not afraid of competition. We, and we've been really? interacting with them on Twitter, and they're all good people, and they're fun. They're having to review the Muay right now and stuff like that, and you and I are going <laughs> to talk about this. We started earlier, and our yeah. we win because we're getting to talk about War Without End, Part One and Two, and they're having to talk about Gropos and uh, and uh, the Mutai
1: So, All right, and you know we did have a very nice discussion about how uh, Negrath goes out. I thought that was the last <laughs> episode of Negrath yeah. taking out the uh, the Monkey Man bartender and, oh, yeah. and Richard Moll's character in a, in a big gang war. That was a fun oh, combo. God,
0: I need the gang war. The down, just call it down below. Babylon 5 colon down below a movie. Just like Third Space, you know, and River of Souls do Babylon 5 Down Below. And the main characters would be Nagrath and Richard Maul's character and a few others. Oh, the thing you could have some of it be about the Mutai. You could have there's all the things you could (laughs) do with that. The telepaths hiding out down there. Oh, they could they could do a great little mini movie on just on down below. That would be so good. Yeah. Have the Lumidey show up. There you go, and, and 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 have them kind of prowl around, going, "Oh, All right. <laughs> look at the inferiors!" <laughs> you know, just kind of slumming. You know, oh, the humans are brilliant. How they cast their inferiors down here, the lessers down here. <laughs> Sound like the guy from uh, Poldark talking about the vulgars? You know, oh, the vulgars are, are bad this time of year. Watch, roll your windows up. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sorry. All right. Um, my Most Babylon 5 scene, that was good. I think people are getting their money's worth out of this episode, and I figured they would. Um, <laughs> especially our patrons, hopefully, are getting their money's right. worth, literally. Uh, Most Babylon 5 scene for me, it's, it's kind of what you touched on there, but I actually have a little, I, I typed up a little bit I want to do, right? Delenn tells John uh, when they're in the cell, and God, Mira Furlan, they made her look older there, and, and her acting there. Yes. Frantic. I mean, she had to play That's a right. very different character. Yeah, she had to play a very different character. She had to play Dylan in a very, very different place in her life than where she normally yep. plays her, and that was yep. incredible. She is the Meryl Streep of Eastern Europe, and or was. Yeah,
1: well, no legit. I mean, legit, legit. she was. I mean, legit. that was. Yes. That was, that was a a. Well, when she came out of there, that was that was what was was said of her. So
0: yes, think think about you know. Like ninety percent of the time, JMS has her giving like these speeches about the shadows and ancient races and stuff, and that's fine. But every now and then, she gets to actually show us what an actress she is, and this I thought was one of right. those occasions. Yeah, right. Um, I agree. So, so she says, "We accomplished everything we set out to achieve." Again, JMS shows us his story outline. <laughs> JMS walks up to the camera and says, oh, crap. He walks up to the camera and says, hey, everybody, here's where the story's going, and we don't care. Right? We we don't mind. We're like, cool. Keep it coming. Right? So that's sorry I got to not off I, on the floor.
1: I, I, I just have to say that if if JMS's storyline and outline had giant robots in it, like the outline <laughs> you just showed me, that would have been infinitely better Babylon 5.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Uh, I, apologize for distracting any that way. Yes, I'm finishing up a Giant Robots and Giant Monsters novel and that was the outline I just waved at the camera for Andy was Giant Robots, so he uh, that's what he was referring to. We, we, uh, we uh, anyway, yeah. She I mean, this again, this is JMS tipping his hand deliberately, showing us what's coming and you know, getting away with it. He says, right? "We accomplished everything we set out to achieve. We created something that will endure for a thousand years." Um deconstruction falling stars JMS tells us right there and it doesn't matter and then she says this future can only be changed by surrendering to the shadows and that price is too high to pay A that's a great line and B she's saying you know most other sci-fi shows would show you this future and then a plot later would be how do we change this right The, Right. the, the episode would be how do we change this this episode tells us you can't yep Deal with it. This yep. is what's coming. This is it. This is what's coming. So, yeah, I don't. We don't need to go spoiler space for that because it's right there. They show it to us. Right, right. That's the. That's, the, that's what's coming. So, man, crazy. Um, okay, what was your favorite character moment? Again, there's a million choices here.
1: Right. Uh, I think my favorite character moment was when Lando helps Sheridan and Delenn escape. That whole that whole scene there when he has the uh, the the watcher or the Guardian, oh. whatever that was, when he has him drunk so he can actually talk as Londo. Yeah. We finally get to see good Londo again. For yes. the last time, and for the first time in probably 17 years, mm-hmm. he is able to be season one Londo again. And this time, this time, he makes the right decision. After every time that we've seen glimpses of him, and every time he's been offered the, the chance, he's always made the wrong choice. This time he makes the right choice, and it's like the ultimate redemption of the character. I mean, it's too little, too late for him and his planet, but it, mm. it's still it's still neat that, that they gave him that, that that send-off. I thought that was really cool. By the
0: way, I want to say it's fascinating to me, as much as there is to work with in these two episodes, that we're picking the same things. Okay. Um, it, says, <laughs> it says a lot. Um, I know. Every time we saw Londo before that last scene, I kept thinking – This is out of character for him. Why is he being so out of character? JMS didn't write him well. JMS didn't write him well here because he's blaming Sheridan for stuff that's really not Sheridan's fault and saying, I'm going to kill you for it, which doesn't seem like Londo. And then at the end, when he's, like you say, he's back to being his old self, you're like, that was a performance, and he was finding excuses to say he's going to kill Sheridan to make his keepers, and we don't know yet. We'll find out later. Who, you know, who they are. Well, we know that they're representatives of, the sh- of the shadows, so that's all we need to know right, right now. Um, he's saying that to make them happy. But when he's able to put the Keeper to sleep, he's like, yeah, no, that was BS. <laughs> I was just saying that right. to make them happy. Now get out of here. Yeah. And he says, this is my last chance for redemption. Yeah. So you remember what uh, Major Barrett told him?
1: Yeah, she said, you must not kill the one who has already died.
0: Hmm.
1: And
0: you must. One give of you will in. be emperor after the other one is dead.
1: Right? Oh, yeah. And you you must give in to your greatest fear, so knowing yeah, that all it three will
0: kill you. Yeah. Yep. All three of bang, those Bang, bang, bang. Yep. How about that?
1: Man. Pretty darn cool.
0: Um. All right. My favorite character moment was two. One was from that scene we were just mentioning, where Delin says. I look in your eyes, and I see the innocence that went away so long ago. And I'm like, well, season five isn't the greatest season, but dang. Oh,
1: wow. Yep.
0: There must have been something that happened around virtual season eight. Yeah. (laughs) Really ticked off Sheridan and made him lose his last of his innocence, right? Everything was just going right along fine until virtual season eight. And then, I, you know, Zach probably did something dumb or, you know, and all of a sudden Sheridan's like, dang it, I hate you all. I've never said it before. There went my innocence. Uh, well, that was part of it was Delenn saying that. And the other one, I think, favorite character moment is when Sinclair kind of comes to grips with everything and he says, all my life I've had doubts about where I was going and what I was doing. Now yep. – I'm like the arrow that springs from the bow, no hesitation. Yep. No
1: doubt. that was that. that was my number two. Yep, yeah. that was a very very cool scene. Yep,
0: that that arrow springs from the bow is so great. That's just such a great line for Sinclair to go out on. Yep, it really is good. Um, what was your fun? Now you know I was think, coming into this. I'm like, we're gonna have a hard time finding funniest moment because this is deadly serious. Oh my gosh, this ha- these two episodes have tons of funny stuff in them. I'd yep. totally forgotten.
1: So where did you go with this? I would. <laughs> the first one that I laughed at was Ivanova's. I'll be in the car. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was so good. That was so perfect. Oh. Just in the whole context of the scene. They're dropping these big, <sighs> you know, pronouncements, and she just accepts. She goes, "I'll be in the car."
0: <laughs> that was. Oh my God! I fell on the floor. That was so good, by Ivanova. That was one of her best lines that- ever. Because it just kind of comes out of nowhere.
1: Right. That was good because I, I was wondering during the conversation, I'm like, well, what's Ivanova gonna say here? And then she drops that. and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's
0: Ivanova. <laughs> I, I was so glad they included Ivanova in this episode because she yes. she wasn't it didn't have to be her. They could have used right. you know somebody else or not had her.
1: Right. But it could have been Marcus Mar- I mean Marcus would have fit right into to everything that she was doing.
0: Well, she, well, Marcus was there, but I mean, it could have been him by right. himself or something, or exactly, you know, or you know, whatever. But it didn't have to be her, and I was just glad it could have been Lanier,
1: right? You know, yep. So um, I was glad that, that she was there. Uh, yeah, me too. That was funny. The other funny part was when Marcus was like, "I don't believe in luck," and turned around with his staff and <laughs> knocked <him> the. the <laughs> that was really good. The panel that whole also. scene that whole scene was really funny, yeah. and then just. I, the only other thing I have in my notes is Zathras.
0: <laughs> oh, just, yeah. Every time he opens his mouth, it's just solid yeah. gold. Yep. It's just solid gold. This is wrong tool. Never use this. Very bad. <laughs> you are finite. Zathras is finite. This is wrong tool. Never use this. Very bad. Oh, my gosh. That's... I'm good. curious to
1: see how much. I, I'm curious to know how much of that was written out and how much of that was him improvising. Well, now, because I know Jameis doesn't like improv, no. but a couple of those lines were just so random and uh, funny.
0: I. I know I'm, I'm, I'm assigning them to JMS until I know different, but I don't want to take anything away, but yeah, yeah. I agree with you though. That it seemed, He did such right. a good job with them that it seemed like he was just pulling them out of his rear end, out of the air or something. So I agree. Right. Um, but God, there were right. so many that he had the, you know, um, the wrong tool and at least there is symmetry, you know, and beast of burden and, um, trained in crisis management <laughs> There just was so many good ones, so many good ones.
1: Um and oh, there was there was another another of his race on the planet in the the big planet machine. Remember when they were talking towards there were the beginning two of them
0: at the beginning? Yeah, it would be interesting yeah, if they did another yeah. episode later where we saw more than one Zathras. Right. We we'll have to put that in the spoiler space too. Maybe I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. there were two
0: of him. There were two. Um, all right, because you said that. Dang it. I'm adding- <laughs> I'm adding another spoiler note. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, we were talking about funniest moment, right? Okay, I'm, I had. I mean, I'll be in the car. I had when Sheridan yeah. says, "Well, as my great grandfather used to say, cool." Yeah. <laughs> That's another case where he, you uh-huh. put him and Lanier on the White Star, and Sheridan just abuses poor Lanier. He just
1: always yeah. <laughs> smarts off at Lanier. I'm, you know, I,
0: well,
1: can't go there either. He 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 senses something wrong with, about linear <laughs> yeah he, he
0: kind of gets on his case a little bit on the show um, and I mentioned Delenn's expression when she looks at Sinclair Zathras is saying used to being beast of burden I thought that was hilarious <laughs> right. I had to pause it it was so funny and and then there's the this is the wrong tool never use this time yeah that was that was the ones I had so all right and you, you said Sizer too. All right, uh, man, this is a tough one. Who won this episode? These two episodes.
1: Sinclair won this episode because of what you said earlier. He finally found his purpose in life. I mean, go. he, he, going back to the first episode, the the you know we we get his backstory a little bit. He's always kind of wandered through. I mean, he was never a, a shining star in Earth Force. He always kind of wandered around, not knowing what to do. He couldn't decide on whether or not he wanted to get married or not. I mean, just. He was kind of wishy-washy, yeah. but when it came to to finally finding the, the the thing he was supposed to do, boy, he did it. You know, he saved the entire galaxy. Yeah, so he was clearly the winner here.
0: Yeah, I think so. I agree. I had Sinclair, uh, Zathras kind of won a little bit, um, although that Zathras got to go back in time with Sin- with Sinclair. Interestingly, yeah. I wonder if that Zathras maybe becomes the great 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 grandfather of other Zathrai. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Where does he meet Mrs. Zathras? I don't know. Yeah. Uh the Minbari certainly won. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Did I understand that to say that the Minbari were helped by the Vorlons in that war? Yes. Ooh. So it's not unprecedented. Right. That the Vorlons should take a hand. Yep. That's interesting.
1: That's Or that they should know. they should recruit other races for their own.
0: Well, and, w- we knew the Vorlons bring in other races. I'm not sure. Other than, I mean, because because when when Sheridan in interludes and examinations, when Sheridan got Kosh to intervene, the the shadows acted like, oh, "This is an outrage. We must kill you right. immediately." So, what happened back 900 years ago that let the Vorlons do it? That's a good. Right. There's an unanswered
1: question. So, and, and the Vorlons have been working with the Bari for 900 years now. I mean, at least. Yeah that that's that's a. That's a a heck of a relationship to to have built up over 900 years, and they still don't know much about the Vorlons.
0: And interesting, too, that the Vorlons were out of their encounter suits and looking, I'm assuming they looked like Minbari angels or something there, just to get, I mean, I'm sure that when JMS came to writing that scene, he said, all right, why would the Minbari believe anything that this guy said? He needs backup. And having right. two Vorlons flapping on, on either side of him, certainly, right. you know... That would be like a visitation
1: from, from God uh, himself.
0: Yeah, it's one thing to say, you know, I'm a holy prophet. It's another to say I'm a holy prophet and have two angels over your shoulders right. yeah. while you say it on t- TV or whatever. Yeah, okay.
1: Right, yeah. Think about um, a thousand years ago if, if, you know, Joan of Arc showed up in battle with a, an angel on another side, either side of her. That would oh, be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Something we would, we would still talk about to this day. Of course,
0: yeah. Uh, the other winner, of course, was all the fans, because we got this incredible uh, incredible thing. Yep. Who lost?
1: I have Garibaldi, because yeah. not only did he not get a whole lot to do, but uh, he, he, he didn't get to say his final goodbye to Jeff. I thought that, like I said earlier, that, that kind of hurt.
0: Yeah. Did, uh, did Major Krantz lose? <laughs> he, he's going to go down in history as the guy that lost an entire space
1: station. Right, right. I don't know. I mean he, he got he, he got off the space station so but then he did that in you know in season in Babylon Squared, so Yeah,
0: he did. You know what'd be funny is if the Minbari built a statue to Major Krantz for building their war <laughs> space station and like the first humans that go to Minbari, other than Sinclair, because he didn't know about it the first humans that land on Minbar to visit are like, hey, look, there's a statue of Major Krantz in the middle of their square. What's that all about? They're like, whoa. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Uh, I think who lost this episode's the Shadows because it was their big chance to preemptively win. Yep. And now they've got to fight the long war. They right. Get the the, yeah.
1: The, I mean, to win everything, to win the war a thousand years ago. I mean, that's... And, and that's, now. Yeah. Yeah. That's some long-term planning. If a thousand years later you're like, "Oh, wait a minute," you know, if we took care of this, we would have won a thousand years ago. That's that's yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's high high stakes right there.
0: Well, here's my question: the the show was was hinged around the idea that if Babylon Four gets blown up by the Shadows with that bomb that they brought, yep, then the Shadows emerge from post-war. Much stronger, much sooner, and they win the new Shadow War. Right. Well, my question is if that happens, is there even a Valen? And what are the Minbari like? Right. And without yeah. a Valen, do the Minbari destroy Earth? Right yeah. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Which makes it even easier for the Shadows to win without Earth and without Babylon 5. Yeah. No Sheridan, no Babylon 5, no Sinclair. So it has bigger ramifications even than we've really talked about or than the show showed. Right. Oh, man. I might take some Advil when this episode is over because my head hurts. All right. Here we go. This is what people sit on the edge of their seats for. They're hanging on the edge of their seats. They're dying to know what rating on a scale. And, again, for new listeners, we rate on a scale of of 0 to 5, and we do allow .5s and use them quite often. Oh, Andy! So, I kid you not. When I say <laughs> I am keen, keenly interested <laughs> to find out what you did here.
1: I remember loving this episode yes. when it first aired. I was mind blown by it, by the the back to back episodes. I I liked it back then more than I liked it now. Really? Because Uh-oh. yes, this Uh-oh. episode. I, I have since become a writer. This episode seemed like a lot of cleanup on JMS's part. Like, okay, I've got – and it was so confusing. It was just a hot mess. I mean, even <laughs> going through those it's interviews a I was reading – It's not a cold uh, mess. It's a hot one. <laughs> right. Going through those interviews, um, uh, Andreas Katsoulis was like, I hated this episode goes, I didn't like filming this at all. And he was only in the one scene. He said, "I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know what my motivations were. This is, totally goes against everything you know that that I I understand as an actor." Michael Vejar was confused during the <laughs> filming this episode. He didn't know what was going on. He in fact mentions a couple um, continuity errors that he made mm-hmm. while filming that he shouldn't have done that he didn't notice till later. And he said, "I was confused this whole episode too. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I shot it as JMS wrote it, mm-hmm. so it, there wasn't. I mean, I, I was thoroughly confused the, watching the, the the time travel bits and who was doing what when and who was in the blue suit and why and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All that said, it was a fun episode. It had a lot of super cool moments in it. It had Sinclair, you know, becoming Valen and all that stuff. It was, it was a big momentous show. So I gave it a three. <laughs> i i have to explain Van, van's face right now i think his jaw literally just hit the hit the ground <laughs> i want to get his his reaction i i can't go I on re- I, I i it it, it just i, I as- have to cancel the podcast i can't <laughs> go on from here we're done as a as a story, the show just didn't hold together for me. I, I thought it was too much cleanup, too much meta stuff going on. It was, I, I, I just, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. But a three is still good, Van. It's better than average. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God. You better
0: grab something tight then, my friend. <laughs> because All I right. gave this. 5.0.
1: Whoa! Is that our first five?
0: No. Uh, no? Severed Dreams.
1: Okay. Okay. Severed Dreams got a five. That's right.
0: Yep. Five. Wow. This is the ultimate time travel space opera. I told you, this is where it went from being my favorite TV show to my favorite yeah. thing ever. Didn't that give you a big clue
1: where this might be going? Yeah, I, I, I can this see that. So is, is this your favorite episode?
0: No, Severed Dreams is my favorite episode. Okay. This is in the top five, though. All right. That's I've fair. got, this. it's not going to be the last five. Right. There are a handful of fives. This is one of those fives. So, so far we've had Severed Dreams and War Without End 1 and 2 together are fives. Okay. There's more. That's, There's more coming.
1: That's that's fair, and, Be- and I, 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 I hope you don't disown me. <laughs> Canceling the show. If there's I- a now hiring sign on the Facebook, <laughs> the Babylon Five Facebook page, <laughs>
0: you replace it. You me all know what happened to me. 5 I, I, went on,
1: I, I went on to become the ambassador of Minbar off screen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he became the ambassador to the Yum Yum podcast. Right. <laughs> <sighs> You can come back on season five and, and show up and tell us how things are over there. You can have a hood and you pull the hood up and you have a print out of an email from me that I sent you now that you've been saving until season five. And it says, Andy, come back to the Babylon, the White Rocket show one more time and we'll let you come back. No, 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 no. You've, but you know, this honestly, this may be the biggest numerical difference that we've ever had.
1: I think it
0: might be. 2.0 difference. That's, that. I don't think we've ever had more than like a, honestly, I think maybe the biggest discrepancy we've ever had is like one, like between a 3.5 and a 2.5 or a 2.5 and a 1.5. That's about the, three, uh, two is a lot. Yeah. Two (laughs) is a lot. But no, I, I mean now. I understand what you're saying. I to me that just makes it better because it means that JMS was able to like I said he took a bunch of what could have been chicken poop and made chicken salad out of it. And I like right. chicken salad. Right.
1: <laughs> it and did you know, good. It, going into this episode, I'm like this is a five-star episode. I I know I'm I was looking forward to this ah, since we started this podcast because okay. I remember absolutely loving this episode when yes. it first aired it was it it was, it was transformative just like for you yeah you know it's like holy crap this is something entirely different but watching it, it, it you know what it is it was the covid <laughs> i was watching this <laughs> upstairs with a fever during covid that that's the only explanation no i it yeah. i just it didn't hit me the way it hit me the first time and, and yeah. that's that i shouldn't fault the episode because i had seen it before and I, I guess I just had much higher expectations for it than... than
0: yeah, that. No, that makes sense. I was going to say, I bet being more analytical, you, you you just saw it in a different light. And I understand that. And I didn't. Yep. I'm still feeling that nostalgia for it. I have sound clips on my soundboard that I mostly use on a football show. I don't usually use here. But I have a couple I want to wheel out for you here. My, my brother is possessed by the devil and must be <laughs> examined. So that's there's one. Okay. <laughs> And this one is c- uh, courtesy of, uh, of of Kathy Bright.
1: Your love of the half things leaf has clearly slowed
0: your. Mind. <laughs> I had to br- I had to break those two out for you. And of course, there's this one when you said 3.0. You can't be serious,
1: man. You cannot be serious.
0: That was my. That was that was my uh, my initial reaction.
1: Yeah. I, I, I was I was half expecting the uh the Obi Wan Kenobi line, You were my brother, Anakin.
0: Yeah, I don't have I that one, but you. that would have been good too. That would have been good too. <laughs> and and when you said three my brain
1: went <laughs> Oh, the look on your face! I thought my screen froze for a second because the look on your face was just stuck there. Yes. I, well, I couldn't,
0: I, I couldn't think, I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything. I was, I was absolutely. I mean, when you said that, I'm thinking, and that's
1: nothing but pure and simple old fashioned communism.
0: That's what it is. And I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking when when Andy says something like this, all I can think of is that he must smoke weed every day. <laughs> That's all <I> can think.
1: <laughs> well, when we get to season five and we watch my favorite episode, then we can have this discrepancy uh, again. Uh,
0: wow. Okay. <laughs> interesting. Wow. Oh, interesting. Okay. Ah, you know. Uh, we'll
1: uh, that I kid, was something I kid, my favorite episode is not in season 5 uh, well there's a
0: there's a good one in season 5 but I can't there say is. anything alright uh, we thank the patrons already we have a few patron comments um, uh, let's see that I wanted to mention uh, I don't think we have our, uh Allison said the Vorlons were one of the primary reasons I got into B5 when I saw it in the 90s I really loved the character of the alien race did we talk about this one before I, I feel like maybe we already talked about this one uh, no, we this, haven't. Okay. She said uh, it was the same reason I love Negrath, because he was a non curial humanoid form and needed an encounter suit to breathe. I love the fact that they're talking about uh, kosh. I love the fact the ships sing, the Vorlon ships, their musical language. I love their script. I have yep. the kosh figurine at my at my desk at work. I have I have my kosh figurine right here too, see? Um, very nice. And the Vorlon Shadow chess game is wallpaper on my desk work de- uh, work desktops. This is a difficult episode for me, indeed. You know, we talked about this during our video. I think that they made a Babylon Five. They were going to make a Babylon Five card game variation that was just Vorlons versus Shadows two player game, like the chess set. I wanted that so bad. I don't think they ever published it because they lost the yeah. license right when they were about to do it. So precedent. Right. Uh, Stu Parker has a couple of comments real quick, and that's all that we have left, left have to go here. Um, he says, "I've been hi. All. I've been catching up with the episodes. It, it's certainly coming to the pointy end of the season. Lynn and I have been really enjoying watching Ship of Tears again. We did score this one a four. Sorry, guys. This is a really good Babylon Five episode, better than a three in our eyes. Okay, uh, fair enough. It got everything: a powerful scene with Delenn and Jakar great shadow scenes. You can see the telepaths in Cryo, and of course, Bester. Any show with Bester is great. It moves the story along a lot. That's good points." I know you say there are better ones coming, and you and you are right. But you really should score them as you see them. Doesn't matter what's coming. This is a great one, and we really enjoyed rewatching this. Okay, valid, valid points. Uh, and he says, by the way, Lynn and I now cast your reviews during dinner time. The TV is turned off, and we just listen to your in-depth comments. Capital G R E A T, great stuff, Stu. We are now fans of yours and Lynn's. We appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, that. that's awesome. That just made really my it. day.
0: That is so great. <laughs> says, we normally discuss what we think when you are finished, sometimes for 30 minutes or more. It's the highlight of our two weeks. Thanks so much for this. We are able to relive this wonderful TV space opera. It's our favorite sci-fi show of all times. Amen to that. And that's saying something as we are really Trekkie fans also, quite sad, really, and we are showing our age. No, that's awesome, Stu. And then he says, for Andy... Get your wife, this is is our last comment of the week, get your wife to watch one of the best episodes of the whole series soon, War Without End 1 and (laughs) 2. Thank you, Stu. Stu backs me up, Andy. Ha ha. No spoilers for anyone yet, but this is so good. Looking forward to the review. Well, you just heard it. We have already watched it again, and capital letters, wow. Stu, we really appreciate, and Allison, we really appreciate those comments. Um, Yep. By the way, I would just say, if you guys ever want to comment like this, On the Patreon page, for those that don't know, these are are comments on our Patreon page for this podcast. So if you want to comment like this, become a patron. You can have full access to our comment board. And if you don't want me to, you know, read anything, just put on there, you know, please don't read this or this is just private or whatever. So otherwise, I might very well read it for everybody to enjoy because I think people enjoy hearing that. All right. That gets us to our very last thing before I let Andy go and deal with his remnants of COVID. And that is when I have to push the jump gate activated. And that means that we have gone through the jump gate to spoiler space. You knew this was going to be a long episode. My gosh, it's War Without In part one and two. I only have a few <laughs> things, though. Do you have any spoiler space you want to get out of the way?
1: The only thing I want to ask is, was that evil Kosh on Zinbar on yeah. at the beginning? Yeah. I- okay.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's ever established.
1: I I know that the encounter suit is different from Kosh mm-hmm. Na- Nanarek or whatever Nanarek, um, the yeah, the, the original Kosh. So I'll be I'll be curious to compare that Vorlon suit with the uh, when when Darth evil Koshy. Kosh shows up.
0: Is, is evil
1: Kosh too harsh?
0: Ulkesh Kosh, Darth Kashi. Okay. Yeah, I, evil Kosh works for me. Okay. But I mean it's I guess it's just a shorthand, but we know that this that the, the Vorlons aren't per se evil. They are just lords of order. Right. And order can be
1: good and order can right. be
0: stifling and prevent growth and, and kill eventually. So yep. Yeah.
1: They are they are lawful neutral to use the old D and D works for me. Alignment tree. Uh what does that make the shadows?
0: Chaotic neutral? Or are they actually yes. evil?
1: No, they are they are chaotic neutral. Well, I, I I've never seen any hint that they're good. No. But right. So maybe chaotic evil. Maybe I mean, they are true chaos.
0: They are true chaos. That's for dang sure. Um. Um. Oh yeah. The main spoiler question I had was just the deal with Centauri Prime. We were to understand Centauri Prime got bombed and set on fire seventeen years or whatever in the future. But then, in season five, we see that happen, and that's in 2262.
1: Right. So it happens twice. Maybe, maybe it was just a long bombing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> it just kept going all that time. Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> well, you know, have. the the war the war in Afghanistan was 20 year war. So
0: yeah, I guess it just happens I mean, twice, or happens yeah. over a long period of time. But yeah, when the when they do the episode The Fall of Centauri Prime in season five. I was watching the episode and going, wait a minute, this is way too early for this. Whoa. Right. And then there's the stuff in the books that we're going right. to get to, the Peter David books. So it's all very confusing. It, the timeline with Centauri Prime just never never works for me. I guess it's just confusing. Um, yeah. Uh, and we never really do find out what happens to David, which is disappointing. Um, exactly. I mean, we don't really ever see him. Um, oh, oh, what,
1: oh. What does he look like? Does he have, like, the Minbari
0: bone brown yeah it'd be interesting i don't know but you know who i always wanted to play him i always wished that they had done a spinoff of babylon 5 with david sheridan when he's like in his 20s or 30s yeah. and i wanted at that time which was 30 years ago or whatever i wanted ben browder from farscape to play john sheridan's son i thought he would oh yeah i thought he would have been perfect as yeah. David Sheridan. He's way too old that now, was, obviously, but wouldn't that have been? Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun show. He would have been so good as, as David Sheridan. Yeah. And hey, bring bring Claudia Black on like the, you know, that's what Stargate right? did. Stargate <laughs> went ahead and brought them both on. Bring Claudia Black yep. on as like his girlfriend or something. That would have been awesome. I yep. loved it. Um, two other quick things. Multiple Zathras. We've got another episode coming up where we see, right, where we, where, we haven't seen that yet, have we, or have we? No, we
1: have not. That's coming up.
0: Where he talks, where we talk about there's, Zathras, Zathras, right? He pronounces it d- many different, each slightly different pronunciation, Zathras, to, to Susan, right? Which is like the perfect person to be dealing with here because she just put the poor hair out. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. And then the last thing, because this is the one I did, the the, the audible I went and wrote, wrote down here, is you, you said it. You said, is this the first time Dylann kisses? This is not the first time Dylann kisses John. And my question to you is, is the first time Dylan kisses John the greatest scene in space opera history? We've talked about this before, but I didn't say what it was. Do you know what I'm referring to when I say the greatest scene in space opera history?
1: I do know what you're talking about. What am I talking about? I don't. (laughs) All right. I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Explain it to me. When Dylan
0: unveils the freaking fleet of white stars, and as they're all flying by in the background, uh, they're standing there kissing. <laughs> yeah, all right. Like, this all is right. the most space opera thing that ever space opera to space opera is yeah. our... our Galactic hero and galactic heroine kissing as a fleet of giant spaceships fly by outside the window, and I'm just like, "Oh, that's yeah,
1: that's that's pretty pretty accurate." I I would I would give you that. I
0: I think that might be coming up in the rock cried out, no hiding place. That's possible. I think that's the episode it happens in, and that's that. All right, we're racking we're wrapping up right now, so I'm going to quickly. I needed to do this anyway. Walkabout is next. Then yeah. everybody's favorite, Grey 17 is missing. And I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> and then, and The Rock cried out, no hiding place. Yes.
1: And I'm glad we're getting Grey 17 out of the way.
0: Yeah. So, it's been kind m- of- yeah. Next time is Walkabout, where we meet Old Kosh. Yeah. And then Grey 17 is missing. I'm thinking that we can combine Walkabout and Grey 17, maybe. And then we want to do a single episode for The Rock, a single episode for Shadow Dancing, and a single for the episode that shall not be named. (laughs) If you go to the episode that shall not be named... All right. I'm glad we see that. All right, well, any final thoughts?
1: No, it is is the... uh... Gray 17 is missing the final dog of the series until Season 5?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, because after it are three kabang, kabang, bang, bang, kabang, bang, 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 right. bang, 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 bang. And then Season 4 is just a roller coaster.
1: So Season 4 is going to be insane. I cannot wait. And I will admit that is where my, my – uh, it comes towards the end of Season 4, too, my favorite episode.
0: Um, oh, Okay. Um, I'm trying to see the next time we get one that we're not like in love with is probably episode seven of season four, which is which one? Epiphanies after the in after Into the Fire,
1: right? Yeah, you know what? A- after watching this these two episodes and and not liking it as much as I had before. I am completely lost as to what my expectations should be now. Because I remember <sighs> loving season four like no other. And now I'm a little worried. And I remember <sighs> hating season five with a passion. And now I'm like, wait a minute. It might not be that bad it after all. Be, it might not, not. Yeah.
0: And the middle of Season 4, even as much as they cram, you know, as JMS had to cram so much in Season 4, the middle of Season 4 does kind of bog down in kind of shifting gears from one conflict to the other. Yeah. you got a lot of Bester stuff and all that, so we'll have to get through that a little bit. It's not as, you know, there's a few dips in the roller coaster along the way, but you have to have that. Right, 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 right. All right, so what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that next time Andy and I will be... I just closed the dang web page out. But next time Andy walk, and I walk
1: Walkabout?
0: Yeah, 318 Walkabout and 319 uh, gray, gray 17, 17 is, is missing. I will spend five minutes on that and get out of the way, yeah. All gray right. Gray
1: 17 should have remained missing.
0: Yeah, it's too bad it's maybe our podcast will go missing. All right. I think we're gonna get on out of here for this time. This has been one of our longest episodes, but I think we kinda needed to. I I can't I told my wife before I came down to record, I said, I, this is gonna be a long one. You might as well just go ahead yeah. and yeah. So yeah. but we got it. We did it. We got both of them. We did. Knocked them out.
1: And so. it was fun. I loved this discussion. It was oh my it was gosh. fantastic. I think people I can't are, wait to, I can't wait to listen to this.
0: I'm looking forward to the comments. Patrons we're looking forward to your comments. People who are not patrons, go and sign up to be patrons because we want to hear your comments. I want to hear what people think about this. Is is Andy right, and it's a three, and it doesn't <laughs> hold up, or is Andy absolutely insane, and smoking weed every day, and possessed by the devil, and I'm right, and it's a five, or is it somewhere in between?
1: I, I'm, really I'm expecting a little bit of hate mail for this one, and I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm here for it. Bring it. <laughs>
0: All right. We're going to get on out of here. we got to end this at some point. So, Andy, go to bed. I'm going to go to bed, and we will see you guys in two weeks for Walkabout, Elkesh Kosh, and uh, Gray 17 can stay missing forever. All right. <laughs> see you later,
1: Andy. All right, man. Take care.